He runs a website called The Black Bookie, which is very cool. You ought to stop by and check that out. And his slogan is, and I, and I haven't hit this before, I'm going to hit it this time because it's the best one. His, his slogan is, if you snooze, you lose. And indeed, that is the case. There are only so many money-making opportunities to be had, and he's going to tell you where they all are. It's the one and only Black Bookie. It's Uncle Joe. Uncle Joe, how are you today? Good afternoon, America. Welcome to the Snooze You Lose podcast. I'm your host, Uncle Joe. This is a sports betting podcast where the model is and always will be win together, lose together. Download that Black Bookie app. Make sure you follow us on Twitter at the Black Bookie, Instagram at the Black Bookie. Give us a like on Facebook under Uncle Joe. Tell a friend to tell a friend. And uh, we are here once again, season three. Episode 13, hope everyone is safe and healthy out there. We're heading into the holidays. Just got done with Halloween. We got Thanksgiving, got Christmas, a lot going on. NFL Week 10, the heartbreak is what we're going to call this episode. So many heartbreakers this week in football, betting-wise, and, of course, some of your favorite teams losing, but we don't care about that. But betting-wise, a lot of heartbreakers. We're going to jump into that. Also want to touch on the NBA. The NBA is announced that it will be playing Christmas Day. We're going to have NBA on Christmas. It's only right. But you got to feel bad for a lot of these guys that were in the bubble that are going to pretty much have slightly over a month and a half break. We'll have to get right back to it. Such an advantage early in the season is going to be for teams that weren't invited into the bubbles, team that was eliminated early from the bubble, compared to obviously teams that went on a deep run and lasted longer into the bubble. What a disadvantage. Yeah, I know guys had got a break. They got a few months off before they picked back up playing, but that's still a lot to finally get back with your family and rip right back out again, back on the floor, having to get back to work because the NBA's got to make up that TV money. Got to make up that TV money. Got to make up the money they miss for not having fans in the stands. And that's what it's about. Yes, we do love the NBA on Christmas. It's only right. It's tradition. It's one of the best part of Christmas besides, of course, spending time with your family and opening presents. And if you're lucky, some places you get the snow and you get the white Christmas. But it's that's brutal. And, you know, you understand it for a business standpoint, but it absolutely stinks. You can see some players aren't happy about it. Of course, others are ready to get right back out there. The NBA free agency is officially kicked off. Some of the trades so far. Chris Paul is heading to the Phoenix Suns. And, you know, at first I was like, okay, you know, this is a good move. The Suns played really good in the bubble while they were there, went undefeated, but wasn't enough to get them in. Devin Booker is an absolute stud. DeAndre Ayton is growing into his own. He's going to be a very good player in the league. I really like Kelly Oubre, but he was a piece in this trade that sent uh, Chris Paul to the Suns and Oubre and Rubio and a few other players to OKC. And I think that's a huge piece that they're losing. You know, Chris Paul is an absolute leader. I think a lot of people that lost respect for Chris Paul and, you know, how we talked about he's not a winner and how he struggles in the playoffs, you know, when he was with Lob City when he was with the Rockets, when he was with OKC. Uh, But he took a team that we didn't even think was going to 
maybe be a 10th seed to a, a fifth, sixth seed in the Western Conference. He was talked about in the MVP race. He had a phenomenal year. So coming to the Sun G, I think he could definitely help Devin Booker and Aiton and help that team grow. I don't think it's going to make them a championship caliber team. I mean, we know how stacked the West is and the rest of the league is. Other teams are only going to keep getting better. But losing Oubre, that, that hurts a lot. I mean, Devin Booker obviously is a phenomenal point guard. But Kelly Oubre is a dog. He is known for his posters. He has no fear. He'll dunk right on you, right on anybody. He goes to the basket. He's athletic. He can score. He can defend. And that, that's a, a quite a big piece, a young piece to lose for someone that's going to come in and yeah, he's going to help guys grow and show you how to be a vet and things like that. But Chris Paul isn't going to put this team over the top. I mean, this this isn't a, a Suns team that's now they're a contender. I mean, it's a lot for a team that, you know, might be a seventh, eighth seed if they have a good year. Who knows how long Chris Paul is going to be healthy. He's had some injuries in his past. And I forget, he missed that game seven when the Rockets won against Golden State. He wasn't there. He was hurt. So, I think it's cool. I mean, obviously, clearly OKC has a plan, and their plan is to keep rebuilding. they also trading away, it looks like they're going to be trading away uh, Dennis Schroeder to the L.A. Lakers for Danny Green in a 28th round pick. Uh, excuse me, yeah, for the 28th pick in the draft. And... They, they have a plan. Clearly the GM there has a plan. It's tough. It's it's tough. I understand rebuilding and you want to do it through the draft and eventually you're probably able to get this free agents. But draft picks, we know, don't always pan out. They do not always pan out. So it's tough, and he's got a lot of them. This is definitely a weak draft class, though, and especially with COVID and not seeing – how we are used to able to be able to see how guys perform in the big moments in those tournaments and those playing games and the and the March Madness, you know, we need that. That helps elevates guys' draft stocks. You know, the tournament will be back this year, so this is a weak draft class. But he's got a plethora of picks coming up for the future. Sam Presti over there for OKC has looked like they're going to try and get rid of Steve Adams as well. Uh, Danny's green contract will be off the books next year. But they're probably going to have to trade Steven Adams as well, too. So this is just a complete rebuilding process. Uh, the other big talk, Anthony Davis opted out. Everybody pumped the brakes. He's just doing it to get a long-term deal. He had a player option for $28 million. He's going to opt out, test free agency. Anthony Davis isn't going anywhere. He's going to re-sign long-term with the Lakers and stay in L.A., Get a big deal. It'll be fine. He's not going anywhere. You add Schroeder, uh, you're getting a younger, more athletic point guard. Danny Green could, please. But if even if he didn't miss that shot in game five, he wasn't coming back either way. He was terrible in the bubble. He was terrible in the playoffs. He's a shell of himself. Guy is a champion, though, so you have to give credit where credit due. But he's way over the hill. That's an absolute steal. You're bringing in, like I said, a younger, more athletic point guard that plays defense 
and can still get you 20 a night. He averaged 18 last year. So he's going to fit in well. Shooter's a great player. He's been around the league in a few different teams, played for the Hawks. So that's a great pickup by the Lakers, and they're not done yet. More rumors that they're trying to get Serge Ibaka. Uh, they were talks about the DeMar DeRozan, but it looks like he's going to stay with San Antonio. But we know the Lakers aren't done yet. But the biggest splash so far that's trying to happen but hasn't happened yet, where the rumors are circling the most, the Houston Rockets. An absolute joke. D'Antoni's gone. GM's gone. Everybody's gone. It doesn't matter. James Harden not taking his extension. I think he's turning down $250 million. He's turning down $133 million. So he's out of here. He, he's done. Talks is he's trying to go to Brooklyn. And if I am the owner, or the GM rather, of the Houston Rockets, where do I sign? Because if you want to go to Brooklyn and play with Kyrie and play with KD and give me Spencer Dinwiddie, Karis LeVert, Allen, draft picks, Jared Allen, draft picks, Sign me up. Sign me up. It's a no-brainer. The, the Rockets would absolutely be winning that trade. Don't get me wrong. James Harden is one of the best offensive players we've ever seen pick up a basketball. The guy just loves to score. He finds new ways, new ways to score. He's in headache for the referees. He's a headache to guard. An extreme talent. But he can't play defense. That's a lot of money coming off your books. He doesn't want to be there. And you know you could send him to Brooklyn, and it ain't going to work. Him, Kyrie, and KD is not a championship equation. There's no way that's going to work when you have to give up as many pieces if you have that you have to give up to get him. Now, if he was coming over in free agency somehow or you know, uh, a three-team trade, something like that, that's different. But to have to give up, I think the most important thing is the Jared Allen move. You need a big man. Who's going to guard Anthony Davis when that time comes? Who's going to be guarding Giannis when that time comes? You need a big man. None of those guys are lockdown defenders. They're all scorers. They all dominate the ball. This is going to be a brand new offense with a brand new head coach in Steve Nash. Let's not forget, as good as KD is, he's coming off a Achilles tear. Kyrie's injury prone. He's been getting hurt since he was in college. Let's not forget, he missed the finals. He didn't even play when Duke went to the tournament. He didn't play last year. This is that's not a recipe for Saseka. I know they're all boys, they're cool. That's all fun and games until you start losing. And when you gotta face the Bucks, you gotta face the Celtics. You're gonna have to still face the Raptors. All that bro stuff's going out the window when you guys are gonna be getting dominated on the glass. 
when Kyrie's hurt again, taking some games off, when KD might be on load management, easing his way back into it. On the Rockets, where do I sign? Because then I could still potentially get rid of Westbrook as well, too. Get rid of that contract. Pick up some pieces there, too. Some draft picks. Sign me up. This could be an immediate uh, uh, rebuilding process. Immediately sped up. If I'm getting Karis LeVert, Jared Allen, and a few other players from if, if you know, we can move Westbrook as well, too. It's not going to work. This ain't street ball. This ain't, this ain't even Team USA. This is not going to work in the NBA. It's not going to work. None of those, like I said, none of those guys are lockdown defenders. They're both, all three of them are ball dominant. Health has to be a question mark. I don't see it happening. If there is a team, the other team that's on his list, where he will be willing to go, and also, just got an alert five minutes ago. The Pelicans are sending Drew Holiday to the Bucks. So Drew Holiday will be joining Milwaukee with Giannis. It's a good move. Drew Holiday is so underrated. Defend, score, get to the basket, pass. One of the best point guards in the NBA. He's so underrated. Anybody that really knows the game and watches basketball, Drew Holiday is a stud. He is a stud. So that's a great move for Milwaukee to grab a veteran guy like that. That could help them try and get to the next level. Um, yeah. But yeah, with the Harden thing, like I said, he's rejecting. He would have made $50 million per season over the next two years that he turned down. But sign me up. I'll, I'll make that move. No problem. It's not going to work. It's not going to work. It is not going to work. But that's where we're at. Some more moves are going to be made. As you see, they're trickling in because it's late here tonight. And the moves are still being made. Looks like also Robert Covington was traded to Portland for Trevor Ariza. Yep. uh, Robert Covington was traded to Portland for Trevor Ariza. So Houston is still clearing house. There'll be more pieces to be made. They're going to try and move Westbrook. They're going to try and move uh, Harden. Oh, that's what I was saying. The second team on his list, go to Philly. That could work. Him, Embiid, Ben Simmons, you can keep Tobias in that trade. Go to Philadelphia. That can work. That makes sense. Ben Simmons can play the one. Harden can play the two, three. You figure something, or he, he can play the three. You play Richardson at the two, Tobias at the four, and beat at the five. That makes sense. That can work. Let Ben Simmons run the offense and and lock, you know, play defense, one of his best attributes. Let him run the offense, play defense. You have Embiid, you take some pressure off him. Now you got a real threat on the perimeter because that's what teams were doing. You, they know Ben Simmons can't shoot and he won't shoot. So that teams are just clogging up the middle, making things difficult for him B because they know they don't have to worry about Ben Simmons on the outside. You bring in Harden. Obviously, he can get to the free throw line. He also can shoot from the outside. You take some pressure off of Embiid. Ben Simmons can still do his thing uh, defensively and get rebounds. You still have De- Tobias, who's a great scorer. That, that, that makes sense. 
You can't just go want to play with your boys if it doesn't make sense. Going to Philly, that makes sense. That could work. You could be a serious threat there in Philadelphia. You're not a threat in Brooklyn. Too many pieces you have to give up. It doesn't make sense. You you would have absolutely no bench. A Philly move makes sense. That makes sense. But we're going to get into the NFL. We'll keep track of those moves. It's going to be more to come. Like I said, rumors are the Lakers are still trying to get Ibaka. We just talked about the Drew Holiday going to the Bucks. It was huge for them. So <laughs> next time we guys talk, I'm actually going out the country, so I'm going to be around for next week. The next time we're here, college basketball will be back. Full swing. The tournament will happen in March. They're going to do it in the bubble. One location looks like Indianapolis is going to be the destination. So they're going to have the kids there. They won't be able to leave. They're going to stay in the bubble. But the tournament's happening. You know how the NCAA gets down. They ain't missing out on their paper. So what happened in 2020, because they didn't know what to do. It happened so fast. They were really the first ones affected by it. And it was too late to figure it out. But they ain't missing a whole tournament again. No chance, no how. So it looks like Indianapolis is going to be the destination. They're going to have the tournament. And the season kicks off, I believe, the 22nd. November 22nd, games are underway. Full swing college basketball is back. We'll get into the NFL. Like I said, a lot of heartbreaks this week. Uh, One of the first ones that stands out, Cleveland and Houston. For those that had the Browns minus four, Nick Chubb running out of bounds That with 50, 55 seconds left, chance to go right into the end zone, no one near him. It was third and three, bust out a, a toss play to the left side, hits the hole, no one's there. He was running by himself. The thing with this is that's so heartbreaking if you had the Browns minus four was that not only was it a putrid game to watch uh, because of the weather, it was so cold and windy in Cleveland, that's why there was barely a little offense. But you had you, you get it at the end, 55 seconds, he's going to run in, you'll, you'll still hit, even though the Browns offense did nothing all day, you, you'll hit, you'll get to cover, the Browns win. And he didn't even do it right. When guys go down at the one-yard line, you're supposed to go down in bounds to keep the clock running. He didn't even go down in bounds. He stepped out at the one on purpose, which stops the clock. That doesn't even help. I get what he was trying to do. It was like, okay, I'm, I'm here now. I could just go down. We got the game wrapped up. But it's a three-point game. You're at the one. You didn't even take the knee at the one in bounds to keep the clock running. You stepped out, which means the clock stopped. At that point, you should have just scored. And you make it a two-possession game, and and it's over. They had seven points all day. You make it a two-possession game, they'll get the ball back with 50 seconds and most likely do nothing. 
So that absolutely was crushing. I didn't even have that game, but that that's just absolutely crushing. If he would have took a knee at the one, you're like, all right, I get it. He's trying to be a team guy, blah, blah, blah. Then the fact that he stepped out of bounds, he didn't even do it right. He just screwed everybody. He screwed Browns fans. He screwed people that have him on fantasy, even though you guys don't care about that. But he screwed everybody. Lions, Redskins. I mean, it's another heartbreaker. Detroit, minus three and a half. It might even close at minus four. Well, it looks like it closed at minus three. So you get the if you had the three and a half, you lost. If you had the three, you get the push as they won thirty to twenty-seven on uh, Matt Prater's fifty-nine yard field goal. But the reason why this was a heartbreaker is because the Lions actually dominated all game. It was they were up like twenty-four to three. And they let the Redskins come back, uh, excuse me, the Washington football team come back, score 17 points in the fourth quarter, and you end up getting the push. I mean, that that's it's just heartbreaking. I mean, it's typical Detroit, but that's heartbreaking. Yeah, it was it was 24-10 going into the fourth quarter. 24-10 Lions. You think you got the money in your pocket? They give up 17 points in the fourth. Kudos again to Alex Smith. Every time I see him play, it makes me nervous, but he played phenomenal. Um, on a, he's, you know, he's doing well on a really bad football team, still technically with one leg. Threw for 390 yards, no touchdowns, no picks. And just what a bad beat. Then you move down to Packers, Jaguars. You think Green Bay at home, they're going to light it up. 14-point favorites. They win by four. They almost lost that game. Green Bay didn't lead that game until the fourth quarter. And they it looked like they were in control. They were up 17-10 at half. You thought, all right, they're up a touchdown. We'll come in the second half. We'll get up another touchdown. Probably be smooth sailing from there. The Jags just never quit. I mean, they are 1-8, and eight, but they never quit. Play tough. And then especially... Jake Lutton started. Gardner Minshew didn't even play. 14-point favorites at home against Jake Lutton? And you almost lost? Ugh. I mean, when does it stop? And I I think the the granddaddy of them all, obviously, the Arizona Cardinals... Minus three against Buffalo. Looks like they're actually going to lose the game. Kyler Murray throws a Hail Mary or the Hail Murray to newly acquired this year, DeAndre Hopkins, to take the lead. And then you don't even get the push. After you were losing, when it looked like the game was over, you get the Hail Mary, and you can't even get the push because they don't kick the extra point. And the reason they didn't do it was because if the extra point is blocked and it gets the team that blocks it runs it back, they'll get two points. So the Cardinals decided we're not going to take the risk. We're just going to... 
nail it. We don't even have to take the risk because they're kicking the extra point. So they don't even kick the extra point, and you can't even get the push. So they just screwed America. They screwed Bills money line betters. Uh, if you had Bills plus three, you were good. But they screwed people that had the Bills money line. They screwed, obviously, people that had Cardinals minus three. And I get it, theoretically, to not attempt it because the other team might block it. But how often does that really happen? I mean, come on. Just kick the extra point. You guys are professionals. You just took the life out of them. I really doubt they're going to make a play right here to block the extra point. With one, It was like one second left on the clock or two seconds left on the clock that they got the ball back with. Just kick it. If If the kick gets blocked and you let them run it back and score two points, you deserved it. You can't get a Hail Murray and then not even kick the extra point. Then my man Joe Burrow, I think this is the sec- only the second time this year he didn't cover. Steelers demolished the Bengals 36-10. It, it, just, it just was never good since he couldn't hold on to the ball. They, they looked like the Bengals. Joe Burrow sacked four times. I mean, he didn't throw any picks, one touchdown. But I think it's only his second game this year he didn't cover. It was never close a lot. And that one's part of the heartbreak because of how well the Bengals have covered. And then, of course, a lot of people fell into the trap with how bad the Steelers played the week before against the Cowboys. How they just squeaked that one out. That, okay, since he'll come in, it's a division game, it's a rival game. They'll come in and, and cover. And they end up taking a six, a 26-point loss. Uh, that's rough. That's rough. And then the one, the icing on the cake. New England not only covers the plus seven against the Ravens, but they beat the Ravens 23-17, to 17, and that's how Vegas gets paid. Because it's not, I'm sure, a very good amount of the public had the Ravens minus seven. But the most money was Ravens money line and parlays or Ravens pick them and teasers. And that's where people got screwed. And it wasn't even the minus seven. But the fact that Baltimore didn't even win the game is how a brand new casino could get built overnight. And, and the Patriots, it's... we. We don't know. Now they're four and five. I mean, if they don't fumble that game, if Cam doesn't fumble the ball going pretty much into the end zone against Buffalo, you got to think if they don't get stopped at the one yard line against Seattle, this team's six and three. It's crazy. I, 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 do, every day, I don't know what Belichick's doing. Are they tanking? Are they fighting for it? Are they. I don't know. I mean, their schedule is not going to be easy down the stretch. They got to play the Texans, who they could beat. Cardinals aren't no pushover, obviously. They got to play the Chargers, who usually find ways to lose. But then they got to play the Rams, Dolphins, Bills, Jets. That's three straight you could lose. Bills, they get at home. You know, they'll have some revenge on their mind there to maybe try and resurrect uh, what happened Excuse me, rectify what happened the first time. 
They have to go at Miami, though, against a hot Dolphins team that's playing very good defense. They got to go to L.A. to play the Rams, who look like they're starting to hit stride. They're coming off a bye, played very well against Seattle. And then, yeah, they'll beat the Jets, but it might be too little too late then. But you know Cam's my guy, so I hope they do just keep playing well so he has some chance. I was very critical of him of two weeks ago on the show where, like I said, he wasn't playing like a guy that was going to get paid at all. At all. And the Ravens are the Ravens. They're a joke. No, they're a joke. The Ravens are the Ravens. No, no one believes in you. We got you figured out. Your defense isn't as dominant as it once was. It's still very good. It's not as dominant as it once was. Lamar, we got it figured out. They don't. They don't put fear into anybody's heart. No one's afraid to play them anymore. At all. Lamar Jackson said it himself. He said defense calls the defense knows what we're running. The, your play calling is so simple that the defense already knows what's coming before you call hut. And the one thing I'll end on, speedy recovery. I mean, I know some of us have mixed feelings about what he said or you know, in the offseason about kneeling for the flag and things like that, but Drew Brees. I mean Multiple fractured ribs, a punctured lung. I mean, they're trying to say optimistic, maybe two to four weeks, but, you know, Drew's no spring chicken. I don't know if he's going to be back this year in time. And it stinks. We just talked about how the Saints were starting to play well. Just talked about it. We we wrote them off because they looked so bad early on. He looked old early on. And this team, 7-2, and two, they beat everybody's Super Bowl favorite, Tampa Bay Buccaneers. They beat them twice. And now Drew goes down with a puncture long and fractured ribs. So now it's, it's Jameis' time. What can Jameis do? You know, he had the eye surgery in the offseason, supposed to help with his vision. We'll see if that helps. Can't really judge playing garbage time against the 49ers, who are all banged up. But, I mean... foreseeing a, a collapse they should at least hold on and get a playoff spot you know with a seven and two record already so he's gonna get a chance to play in the playoffs we'll see what he's got Sean Payton's got are gonna have to protect him obviously they're gonna be running the trickery with Taysom Hill but no speedy recovery for Drew political stuff aside and beliefs and things like that he's still a person and you just don't want to see that especially with a team like I said that was playing well that was starting to look like they were a legitimate threat again. Andy Dalton's also making his return. He should be playing Sunday for the Cowboys against uh, Minnesota, who just got a win tonight over the Bears. Nick Foles hurt again. Thanks goodness he got his money when he did because he's another guy that just, it ain't it. It just ain't it. The Philly run, the Philly special is over. He got hurt in Jacksonville. He's hurt again. And obviously, we don't want anybody to get hurt, but, you know, he's hurt. He's not mobile. He's getting beat up. It's not pretty to see. The offense is atrocious. But then that, some of that has, a lot of that has to do with play calling as well. But Nick's just, thank goodness he got paid when he did. But speedy recovery to both of those guys. Like I said, I'm going to be traveling, so we'll try and do our best. Uh, with the plays getting stuff out. We had a really good week last week. We went 5-2. and two. Unfortunately, started this week 0-1 as we were on the Bears, plus 3.5, and, and they lost by 6. 
So we're going to try and still keep giving the plays out even though I'm traveling as long as I have time to to research and give things out properly. I'm just not going to be, you know, just throwing shit at the wall. So, but season three, episode 13, tell a friend to tell a friend. If you are listening, thank you again. Uh, make sure you hit that subscribe button and give the show five stars. As always, in the words of the icon Billy Walters, I've had some losing weeks, I've had some losing months, I've never had a losing year. It's the Usual Lose Podcast. Until next time.